All right. Hello, everybody. So welcome back to my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads. Some of you guys are watching from my Instagram pages, you know, Trouble Don't Last and my underscore daily underscore Bible. Some people are watching from my Facebook page, Sean Christopher Jenkins. Other people are watching from my LinkedIn page, Sean Christopher Jenkins. Wherever you're watching from and streaming from, it could be from my Twitter page, Trouble Don't Last. Follow me on all of them. But welcome, welcome uh, to, my, to wherever you're watching me from. Um, if you don't know, on my YouTube channel, where I'm going through the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, this chapter in the Bible touched me so much. I love the Bible. The Bible is so powerful, man. And we're going through a series right now on my YouTube channel with the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 titled, Why Go to Church? So when you got, if you're interested in watching more videos on, or want to know what the answer to that question is, you know, why do you go to church? You know, go to my YouTube channel and check out that playlist. But this is what we're uh, talking about today, guys. One of the biggest reasons why you should go to church is so that God can mend your heart. And we're going to talk about that. <laughs> it's going to be so powerful. This was my favorite part in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This was my absolute favorite. It touched me so much. It was exactly what I needed, guys. And the Bible is so powerful, guys. Like, whatever you're going through, those insecurities, those lies from the world that keep on coming to your mind, that you keep on repeating to yourself over and over and over again, those dark moments in your life, those nightmares you have, just the negative thoughts that you have all the time, God wants to get rid of them. And he wants you to think about what's, what is good. He wants you to think about what is honorable. He wants you to think about what is pleasing and what is holy and what is just what is noble. He wants you to think about positive things, not negative things. That's what God wants for you. And when you go to his word and you and you let him just tell you the truth, it will set you free. You guys see what I'm saying? The truth shall set you free. So guys, it's so important to just stay in his word so that God can get rid of those negative thoughts. And that's why we have to stay in his words so, so that... We, so that we can stay sane and we don't go in the wrong direction. A good wrong direction, a good example of the wrong direction is suicide. But I'm I'm just having a soapbox right now. But uh yeah, I'm gonna talk about that too, guys. Just elaborate a little more. But right, let's just go ahead and get to it, man. Like, here goes a few questions for you guys. Do you feel like a nobody? Do you feel as if people overlook you? Have you always been overlooked, picked last and Never anyone's first pick. And do you feel insignificant, inadequate? If you don't know what inadequate means, it means, you know, not enough, lousy, powerless. Do you feel like you have no value? Do you feel like your life is meaningless? Do you feel like you aren't special? And do you feel like you aren't important to anyone? This is a video for you, man. Because if I'm being honest with you guys, I feel like that sometimes. And, you know, we're not the only people that felt like that. People in the Corinthian church felt like that as well. They felt the same way that we sometimes feel. We feel like we're overlooked. We feel like they, the Corinthian church, some people in the Corinthian church, in the Bible, they felt like they were insignificant. They felt like they, were, they had no value, no meaning to life. They had no purpose. But those are all lies from the devil. And we're about to cover that through God's word. 
And I just want to hit you with an example, guys, because, you know, you're you're my journal now. I don't journal anymore. I used to journal every single day of my life, but it started occupying my life. And I just started and I journaled so much, like writing in the journal book, the diary, technically. I, I journaled so much about my life that I wasn't living it. I was just journaling instead. So instead of journaling now, I just say what's going on with my life. You know, through my YouTube channel. So I'm gonna start doing that way more. I pray y'all pray that God helps me to do that. But um one of the things growing up, growing up was really hard for me. Like my I have the first of all, before I say anything about my dad, my dad's perfect. I want you to think like my dad's the most awful dad in the world. I just want you to know everybody's a sinner, everybody makes mistakes. So my dad has some flaws and he doesn't remember any of them, but I remember all of them. So just in case you're a parent right now and you're younger and your children are younger i want you to know that children are sponges and they are going to remember everything you say and everything you do so if you don't mean to do something don't do it otherwise they're going to remember what you did all right so children are sponges remember that i remember everything every word my dad has ever uttered and said about me he has not always believed in me but now he want to act like he always believed in me but anyways so a lot of times growing up in my life, man, my dad has always, he likes to compare people. That's one thing he loves to do. So he'd be like, you know, John MacArthur, you know, he's a pastor all the way up here. John Piper, he's like right here. Tony Evans, man, he's right there. He's right there. Where am I on that right there? Where am I at? Am I anywhere right there? You know, where are you? Where are you at, Sean? You, you're all the way down. You're not even right there. You know, my dad would make me feel so little, so insignificant, so like I didn't matter. You know, that's what my dad did when I was younger. So what do you think is going to happen now when I get older? You think that's going to go away? It hasn't gone away. So, you know, and even then, like, you know, I, I, it'd be he knows what my goals are. He knows what I aspire to do and everything. So he'll just throw it in my face like when I was younger, like, you ain't done nothing, man. Like, I've done this. I've done that. You know, I, I, I used to be a millionaire, a multimillionaire. Now, where are you? You know, so my dad would just do stuff to make me feel little. So now, because my dad did that when I was younger, those are thoughts constantly going through my head. So even though he doesn't do it now, and he wouldn't dare do it now, he still, though that dad of mine when I was a kid is still there. So that's what keeps me going. So you want to know why I post so much? You want to know why I grind so hard and I'm always... And you're going to be seeing a lot more videos on YouTube of me, just me posting constantly, and, and the numbers are going to be growing. And you got, you guys see what I'm saying? Like a lot of the stuff that I do is because I have that dad in the back of my head, just keep on saying negative things to me. And I called, told my dad before, and he hasn't done it since then. But I said that you're my Panina, and I'm Hannah. So if you don't know who Panina is in the Bible, you should look her up. I should definitely do a YouTube video on it. But Penina and Hannah. So it's just somebody that knows what your goals are, knows what you want in life. And they just keep on throwing it in your face like you don't have it. And so obviously that would make you sad because that's something you always think about. Like, for example, for me, I want to preach. Everybody knows I want to preach. I don't have a church. I don't have a preacher's license, but I do it anyways. You know, my YouTube channel and stuff, my social media pages. So if they want it, they could say, man, like Sean, like, like you're not really doing it, though. You know, you're not, where's your church? You know, where's the fruit, which my dad has done before. And that's literally what Penina did with Hannah. Hannah wanted children. <laughs> she was barren, couldn't have any. And Penina had like seven of them or nine kids, something crazy. And they're both married to the same guy. 
So Elkanah, Elkanah, their husband, <laughs> would you know obviously probably favor Peninnah a little more because she could have kids with him, but he really didn't. He liked Hannah. But in that time period, in the ancient time period, a woman's worth comes from having a child. So if you don't have a child, what are you? You guys see what I'm saying? So just giving you all that context, guys, obviously you can see why I would feel like a nobody. You know what I'm saying? Those are the thoughts going through my head. Like, I, I thought by this point in my life, I would have been, you know, reaching the masses when it comes to preaching. I thought in this point in my life, I'd be preaching right now, officially in the church. You know, I thought at this point in my life, I'll be at a mega church, actually, you know, working with Pastor Furtick, you know, Stephen Furtick, Michael Todd, you know, all these great preachers in the day's time period. Jeremy Foster, so many of them, Tony Evans, Dr. John MacArthur, like just so many people. Like, I thought they would take me under their wing and mentor me. They'll be like my Paul and I'll be their Timothy. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, I just thought I would be famous and known way before I turn 29 and i'm about to be 29 so like as i get older the sadder i get because the more i feel like i'm not doing anything the more i feel like i'm not reaching anybody the more i feel like i have nobody's respect you know you guys see what i'm saying so i want to use a scripture verse just so you guys know just all of this so let's get to it so i told you we were doing a series on title you know why i go to church and it's going along with all my Bible studies that I've been doing on First Corinthians chapter 12. And this chapter in the Bible touched me so much, guys. So here it is, man. First Corinthians 12, verse 21. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think less honorable Upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. That there should be no schism in the body, that the members should have the same care for one another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. So that's 1 Corinthians 12, verse 21 through 26. So guys, I want you to know that, you know, you're not alone in whatever you're feeling. So I said that earlier, and this is what I meant by it. You know, the Corinthians, they, Paul told them in the very first chapter, you know, you guys aren't lacking any spiritual gifts. You, you guys have all the spiritual gifts. You know, God is really working in and through you guys. But, you know, you guys are missing some things, you know, just because God, you know, just because you can heal the sick doesn't mean you don't, you can't, you don't, you're not supposed to love your, you know, the people in front of you. You're not supposed to love your neighbor. Uh, you can do all the grand acts of, of and works for God, but if you're missing love, what is that, right? And so in the first Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is literally, it, it leads to first Corinthians 13, like literally first Corinthians 12 and first Corinthians 13 go together. Cause again, these are letters of the Bible. And when Somebody writes a letter to a church, for example, Paul writing a letter to the Corinthian church. This is all one letter. Like all first Corinthians is one letter. It's actually his second letter that he wrote to the Corinthians. So fun fact, the way that the Bible's divided up in chapters, like Paul didn't write it in chapters. He literally wrote a whole uh letter to them. So first Corinthians 12 and first Corinthians 13 go together. But anyways, uh it's talking about love still. 
and Paul's talking about how believers treat in First Corinthians 12, Paul's talking about how believers treat other believers, how children of God treat a, how they treat another children of God, and how you should treat them, right? And this chapter is so powerful, man. Oh my. Some Corinthians felt like because they didn't have a certain spiritual gift. So again, 1 Corinthians 12 is literally talking about spiritual gifts. We see it in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8. You know, uh, the word of wisdom comes from the spirit. It's a spiritual gift. The word of knowledge is a spiritual gift. It comes from the spirit as well. The, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the working of miracles, the gift of prophecy, discerning uh the discerning spirit so having a discerning spirit you know uh speaking in tongues so diverse tongues and interpretations of tongues these are all spiritual gifts right so some of these gifts you know are better than others some people feel like that's our carnal way of thinking and that's how we think in the day's time period you know just imagine if you had the option to be able to heal to 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 heal the sick or to raise the dead, do a miracle. And you could just go to a graveyard. I did this example of videos prior uh, on this series, you know, why I go to church. So check that out on uh, Upload Past Crossroads. But just imagine you had, you could perform miracles for God and you can literally go to the graveyard and raise the whole dead. Just how much, how known you would be, you know, how popular you would be, just how many, how big your following would get and how people would abuse it. Most people would want that gift over. You know, the gift of, uh, of I don't know, faith or the gift of help. Like, who would want the gift of help? You know, nobody wants the gift of help. Like, you can have the gift of help and not be not be known, not be discovered, be overlooked, and nobody give you any credit. But, man, if you could preach, man, if you could be the best preacher in the world, man, if you could perform a miracle, even if you could speak in tongues. That's the one that everybody put the most emphasis on in the Corinthian church. And that's why Paul named it last in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 10. Out of all the spiritual gifts, he named that one last because the Corinthians put everything on that spiritual gift. They used to say that if you had the gift of speaking in tongues, then you were the man. You were the woman, man. Like God is working through you. But if you got any other little gift, like they would disregard you, right? So the Corinthian church, even though, you know, you're saved and everything, they weren't loving their neighbor. They weren't appreciating their neighbor and treating their neighbor how they should be treated. So this left some people feeling as if they were inadequate as if they were powerless, as if they were nothing, as if their gift meant nothing. And that's not true. And that's not true for you either. See, guys, this is so powerful. You see where we're going? So I want you, I want to, I want to say a point real quick. Those who seem to be least important in the church really have the most importance to the church and the body of Christ. You guys get that? So people who really seem and feel as if they're not important at all, they really have the most importance to God. And one of my favorite scripture verses is Matthew 20, verse 16. But really, I should do a whole study on Matthew 20 because it's so powerful. I'm gonna lay two scripture verses. So Matthew 20, verse 16 says, so the first shall be last and the last shall be first. For many be called, but few chosen, right? The first shall be last and the last shall be first. I'm going to just say another one in Matthew 20, verse 26 to 28. So a few verses uh, afterwards, it says, but it shall not be among so, uh, it shall not be so among you. But whoever will be great among you, let him be 
your minister. So let him be your servant. And whoever shall be chief among you, so whoever shall lead you and be your leader, let him be a servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. This is so powerful, guys. Like, I love the Bible, man. I love it so much. Like, in God's eyes, in the church, see, the world's different. The world wants you to praise celebrities, to praise uh, actors and actresses, to praise people who are social media influencers, these booty models, people showing off their bodies and causing you to stumble in sin, leading you to your destruction and your ruin, because I struggle with lust, guys, leading you to the road that God doesn't want you to take just to distract you, just like Satan does, to distract you from your calling and to keep you from doing the things God wants you to do, because Satan is a thief. And he came to steal, kill, and destroy. And he will always try to do that with anything that has to deal with God, any of God's work. So in saying that, <laughs> the world wants you to focus on those kind of things. Television shows, movies, newspapers, Wall Street, man. Like, they're always pointing you to saying, like, this is how you be important. These are the most important people. And if you aren't one of these people, you're a nobody. And I've never felt like that more so than I felt like, than I feel like that now. Because the older I get, the more sad I get. Like my birthdays ain't a happy time. It's not a joyful time. I actually get really sad. Like I'll be 29 on December 28th. I was born in 1992. Uh, so on December 28th this year, in 2021, I'll be 29. 29 guys. Like I'm not in a place of life where I thought I would be. I really feel like the, the older I get, the sadder I get, because the more I haven't accomplished what I thought I would, the more I feel like I'm not known or nobody knows me. Nobody respects me, I feel like. You know, so I feel like the least and the weakest. And what God is saying in his word, you know, what the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Is saying He's saying that the pastor is the least. The people who are out front, who you want to praise, who can speak in tongues, who can he have the gift of healing who can who are these pat these pastors especially in today's time period these pastors man everybody put them up on a pedestal and worships them man they'll drink their bath water just because they think that they can get healed from drinking a pastor's bath water you know like they puff up these people the people who are in front in the church you know they they give them the most glory that's what the world does too the world gives the people who are out front the most glory but you know what we should do as children of god as in the church in the church, guys, guys, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. That is so powerful. That means that the weakest among us, the people who are behind the scenes, the people who get no credit at all, those are the people who we should be praising. Those are the people who we should be uh, puff, puffing up, if anything. But make it's not even puffing them up. It's edifying them. It's loving on them. It's uh, making them feel important and significant. Because they're not getting that kind of love and appreciation from the world at all, right? So in the church, guys, we're called to love those who are the weakest, who don't feel like they they have any value, who don't know their worth and don't see their worth. And the world doesn't even tell them what, what the, the world tells them that they're worthless. Those are the people, those are the parts of the body that God cares for the most. Because again, 1 Corinthians 12 is talking about the body of Christ and how every member is important. And 
I'm going to just read it again. In verse 21, 1 Corinthians 12, in the eye can I say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. We need each and every single body in the body of Christ. Everybody who's a child of God who's saved, you can't tell me everybody feels love. You can't tell me everybody in the body of Christ is getting what they need from the church, from the body, and they feel like they're getting the recognition that they deserve or the recognition that they need in order to keep on doing what God called them to do. Because some people feel like they're not discovered. Some people feel like they're unknown. Some people feel unheard. So they're going to stop speaking and doing what God called them to do. And we don't want that to happen for another believer who's trying to expand the kingdom of God, who's, who's glorifying God and using their gifts, right? So guys, like, this is so powerful, man. Like, this chapter blessed me so much, man. But Another quote I wanted to say was, you might not be a celebrity, you might not be famous, you might not be well-known, you might feel like you aren't special, you may not you may not see your value, you may think you're not valuable, and you probably have been told even that you have no value, but that's a lie, because in this text, in 1 Corinthians 12, 21 through 26, we literally read that you are important, you do matter to the body, you do have value, not just to the to God, but to the church and to the body of Christ. So that's something else I want to say too, guys. Like if you're a part of a church body and you feel like you're nothing and you're meaningless and you're useless and you're inadequate, you're not enough and all that stuff, you're in the wrong church. Like you should be at a church where people see your value and they put you in positions where you can use your spiritual gift because they value your spiritual gift. And if you don't know your spiritual gift, they make it a priority to help you find it. And they don't tell you what your spiritual gift is. They don't try to make a spiritual gift out of you. Like, and they don't try to like make you fight for a spiritual gift. For example, some people think that you, if you don't speak in tongues, then you're not saved. So they try to force it upon people to be able to speak in tongues. So Really, you're trying to perform to other people, trying to prove that you're saved with the spiritual gifts. When spiritual gifts don't work like that, which is really this text as well. You know, are all apostles in verse 29 of First Corinthians 12? Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing in verse 30? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? These are all these are all sarcastic questions. Paul is literally <laughs> all the answers to these questions are no. Like, is everybody a heart? Is everybody a lung? Like if the whole body was a heart, if the whole body was a lung, would it be a body? Like, no. Like, so to say everybody should have this gift of speaking in tongues is to say that everybody should be a heart. That's not a body. We all function differently. We're, we're all diverse in our gifting. We all are different and have different functions in the body for the body to function completely. So guys, like a lot of times when you're feeling inadequate and useless, like we're talking about in this video, and like you feel like you have no meaning in life and all that stuff is because you're not serving in your purpose and doing exactly what God's called you to do. And you don't know what it is. And that's OK. But it's up to you to figure it out. Nobody can do it for you. You need to be spending time with God and growing in faith and with God and growing your relationship with him and spending so much time with him that you can hear his voice and you won't be distracted from the world doing what the world wants you to do. You don't. You'll be focused, so focused on what God wants you to do, so consumed with his love and his grace and all that stuff that you can be led on the right path where you should go next, guys. It, this is so powerful, guys. Like, I need to stay on in text. I'm just going everywhere. And then I cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of thee, of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. So, guys, if you feel like you're not significant, you feel like you're a nobody, 
man, you are necessary to the church. You are necessary to the body. You are necessary to this Christian walk, to this Christian life. And if you feel like that, man, you're listening to the wrong voices. You're in the wrong places, man. You need to spend time in God's word. You need to spend time with the Lord. You need to let his word just speak to you. Like First Corinthians 12 really spoke to me, guys. Like, if people are, it, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee. If anybody in the body of Christ in the church is saying, man, we don't need you here. You're not good enough for us, man. You know what? Those aren't the people you should be around, by the way. So anybody who makes you feel like you're feeble and weak and you're not significant, you shouldn't be around them because that's not God's love, guys. <laughs> and that's another thing, guys, like, as Christians, as believers, we can't be doing what the world does. That's something that worldly people do. We like to look at stuff on the outside in the physical and then come up with a theory of what we think about, about what's going on and what's happening. When we can't judge things like that, God judges stuff. God judges the heart. None of us can judge the heart. None of us can judge people's motives and intentions. All we can see is action, you know? And so we have to be bigger than the world of judging things physically. And looking at weak things and saying, man, it ain't nothing. Because God doesn't do that, right? And I'm going to hit that with verse 23. And those members of the body which we think less honorable upon, these we bestow more abundant honor. In the church, we should be storing more abundant honor and bestowing more love. I mean, bestowing more love, more favor, more, more of God's grace on the people who feel like they don't have it at all. They don't get it at all. From the... <laughs> Man, this is so crazy, guys. And our uncommonly parts have more abundant comeliness. So the people who are unattractive to the world, the people who don't have the the uh, credentials that the world says you need to have, the people who just have occupations that you look down upon, kind of, those are the ones who we have more, those are the parts ha who have more abundant comeliness. Those are people who God will lift up. You know, God likes to shame the foolish people, the prideful people. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 27. He likes to really put them in their place and, and to tell them, like, you know, what you want to elevate and puff up, God will just shame the foolish. I'm going to read that scripture verse, guys. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Yeah, it's 1 Corinthians 1, um, verse 27. It says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Like, God does stuff contrary to what the world does. So what man puffs up, God does not puff up. You know, God exalts the humble, not the proud. You know, proud, being proud leads to your downfall. Being proud will cause God to resist you. So like, God loves to use humble things. And I just love the Bible so much because when I think about humble things, I think about Moses and how Moses stuttered and he murdered somebody. Yet God wanted to use Moses to go to Pharaoh and let the Israelites go. He wanted Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt and all in the uh, wilderness, in the promised land. That is crazy. Why choose Moses when you could have chose somebody else? And Moses, you know, he didn't even want to talk. He didn't even want to go. But God still kept on providing for him, <laughs> regardless. I don't even have to tell the story. You guys know it. And I have a I have a Bible studies that I went through. Uh, you can find it on my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads, on the Book of Exodus. It was it was solid, but I'm gonna do it again. It'll be my. I was in somebody else's Bible study for that. Uh, but yeah, somebody else too. Uh, a good example is Leah. 
Leah was the ugly sister. Leah was the sister that Jacob didn't want to marry. Yet he ended up marrying. He ended up marrying. God literally orchestrated everything for Leah to get the last laugh. Like Jacob wanted Rachel. He didn't want Leah. Yet he still married Leah. Rachel died way before Leah and Jacob. So she ended up being buried somewhere else. But Leah actually had way more children to Jacob than Rachel did or any of anybody else that had children from Jacob, I think. And Judah came from Leah. And not only that, Jesus came from Leah's, uh, you know, from the from the tribe of Judah. Remember? Someone saying that Leah is an ancestor of Jesus. And she's the ugly one. She's the one that nobody picked. Nobody wanted as a wife. And on top of that, Leah was buried in the same place that Isaac, Abraham, Jacob, and all the greats, all the forefathers were buried. So she was buried as if she was Jacob's wife, which she was, right? So it's funny how God shows favorites. God doesn't show favoritism, but he exalts the humble. So if you feel like you're weak, you feel like you're insignificant, God wants to use you. Another great example, I did a study on, I did one video talking about Shipper and Pool. I need to do way more because it touched me so much. But Shifra and Pua is in the book of Exodus chapter one. And it's two midwives who Pharaoh um, told to kill all the Egyptian babies because Pharaoh was racist against the Egyptians. He didn't like them. And he wanted all of them to die. So in order to kill all of them off, because he was racist towards a group of people, he told these two, it could have been Egyptian women. They could have been uh, Israelite women. It didn't matter. That wasn't the part of the text that God was trying to convey. What, what mattered was doing the right thing. That's all God was trying to convey. So these two midwives refused to do what Pharaoh wanted to do, and they kept the children alive. And in saying that, that's how the book of Exodus started off. So obviously it's saying that Moses was alive because of these two midwives. And midwives wasn't a position that was valuable in that time period, guys. Midwives was like being a janitor, basically. First of all, they're women. That's the first thing. In that time period, women had no meaning or significance if you couldn't have babies, right? You had to have babies. Then they had no power because they weren't men, right? Men were praised in that time period. Women were second-class citizens. It was awful, right? And not only that, guys, most of these midwives probably couldn't have children. They were barren. So why would a man marry them, right? They're, they were, you know, that you have no meaning. You have no purpose. Well, that's literally what they thought. In that time period, guys. And on top of that, guys, on top of that, these midwives still refused to do what Pharaoh wanted to do. And you want to know what happened? Long story short, God just gave them their own families. <laughs> so apparently if they were barren, they could have kids now. So they had kids. They had a whole household full. It said something crazy. And it said that God just favored them. So guys... When the world pushes you down, God will show you love. When the world tries to bring you to your knees and call you the scum of the earth or anything like that, God loves you. God will God will lift you up. God appreciates you. God wants to use you. That, that's it. So if God does that, what should we do as believers to people who feel lesser than, who feel like second-class citizens or something like that? You know what I'm saying? We should be loving on people like that. So, yeah, but, man, I love the Bible so much, guys. 
And, and that's another thing. Verse 23, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. So, guys, there are people in your life and even at church. There's people at your church who you don't like, who you don't think that are valuable, who you think. See, it didn't say that they are. It says that you think. So there's yeah, that's different. That's diff, differs for everybody. There's people I don't like that you don't that you like or vice versa. There's people that you like that somebody else hates. You know what I'm saying? And don't want it to show any love to. And you know what's sad? That's that in the church, in the church. And Paul's literally, this is the text. He's talking to people in the church. And he's saying it can't be like that there. God shows love. And if anything, he shows more love to people who don't get any love here on earth than people who are celebrities already getting fame and everything here, if anything, right? Like literally, he did that throughout the whole entire Bible. I just told you about Shepherd Pool. I just told you about Leah. Don't let me bring out David. You know, David was the the youngest child out of like seven or eight kids. So he gets no blessing at all. Like he was disregarded from his father, Jesse. And his father, Jesse, even forgot about him and wasn't going to show him the Samuel when Samuel asked you and came to his household and said, hey, God wants to anoint a king. He said that he's here. And he showed him all the rest of his kids except for David. And then Samuel had to ask, is there another one here? <laughs> and Jesse was like, yeah, it's David, but you're not going to find anything there. He did. He found that it was, that's who God wanted to anoint to be king. So he anointed him. So guys, this is so crazy, man. So crazy, man. Let's keep on going because I need to hurry up and end this. Well, you know what? Just let me hit you for the scripture verses. I got to hit you for the scripture verse, man. So in Luke 6, uh, verse 32 through uh, 36, it literally reiterates what I just said, like verbatim. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. So guys, sinners love and appreciates and honors people who honors and appreciates and respects them. That's what sinners do. That's what your enemies do. That's what people who don't know God do. We're called to be better than those people, right? We're called to show more love, the love of God to me and everybody, right? Because God does that anyways. Does God only love and only save people who loves him and serves him and does things for him that are robotic and just doing what he wants to be done? No, he loves sinners. Who did he die for? The righteous? You know, who did he come for? The righteous? No, he came for sinners, those who are sick, who need a doctor. These are scripture verses, guys. So uh, Luke 6, verse 33. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what think have ye? You know, for sinners also do even the same. Mm-mm-mm. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what think have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. So guys, the world gives just to get. But what do we do as Christians? We give we give to those who we know can't give back to us at all. Why? Because that's love. That's what God did for us. So that's what we should do for everybody else. So literally, this is a series I'm doing on my YouTube channel titled, Why I Go to Church. This is one of the reasons why you should go to church. Because if you feel like you have no meaning, you have no significance, like you aren't special, like you are viable or necessary or needed, are. You're needed in church, man. You're needed in the body of Christ. You want to know why the church is failing today in the United States of America? I can only speak for the United States of America. Why so many churches are falling off and dying off and will die off? Because people <laughs> want to make one of the many reasons. 
that we're focusing on in this video is because people feel like they can't be a part of the body because other people are making them feel lesser than because they're not an eye, because they're not a hand, because they're not a foot. This is the text, right? When you don't have to be other people, you just need to be who God called you to be, right? That is so beautiful, guys. So, yeah, man, we can make work. We can make the church work when we when we make the church work together, right? We're a body. So, man, let me just keep on reading, man, because there's just some parts I, I haven't hit you guys with, man. For um for our comely parts in First Corinthians twelve verse twenty four, for our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. So that literally reiterates everything I said. And I want to reference uh, Matthew 23, 12 uh, for you guys. It was in Matthew 24. What did I say? Matthew 23, 12. It says, and whoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. So this is the way that God works, guys. Like those parts of the body who are already humbled, who already don't think they amount to anything, can't do anything. Those are the people who God wants to use the most. And those are the people who we need to cover with the love of God even more so, because that's what you do with the, your body right now. With your body, you cover the most sensitive parts, the most disgusting areas. Like nobody walks around with their lung in their hand for everybody to see or with their intestines, you know, for everybody to see. Nobody shows off their intestines when they're you know, shirtless or something like that. They only show the parts of the body that are attractive, right? So with parts that are not attractive, we show it and bestow even more honor so that it can be presentable to the world and to the body and to everybody else, right? Why? Because of verse 25, that there should be no schism in the body, that there should be no division in the body. There's division in churches and in this world is be because people think that they're better than other people, because people think that they have it all together and they have no need for the church. They have no need for the body because that's what's literally going on in this text that we're reading right now. First Corinthians 12 verse 21 through 26. There's people in the body who think that they don't need the church. They think that they don't need anybody because they have the best spiritual gifts. So I can do it all by myself. Guys, what is, and Paul asked in verse 18 to 20, you know, but no, you know, but in verse 19, and if they were all one member, where would the body be? Is the church, we're, you're a part of the body of Christ if you're saved, right? So if you're a part of the body of Christ, what is the body of Christ if it's just you? It's not a body. Because whatever function you are, you could be an intestine, you could be a tongue, you can be an ear, you could be a middle finger. I kind of flipped you guys off, my bad. But, but like, you could be whatever part of the body, and that's not a body. Like, if I just had a middle finger, could it go around? and walk around and get places? No, it would be lifeless without being attached to my body because the blood needs to flow through it. The blood is Jesus. And Jesus ain't around if you're not connected to the a body of Christ and to the body of Christ and receiving what you need from the church. So why go to church? Because we're a body and we need each other, guys. You see what I'm saying, man? Like, man, we're going somewhere, guys. So yeah, let me just finish out and read verse 26 and finish 25. First Corinthians 12, verse 25, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. So you care for yourself. You need to care for other people. You shouldn't be showing no partiality. You shouldn't be showing no favoritism. You shouldn't be making people feel lesser than. Why? Because there should be no division in the body because you don't do that to yourself. You love yourself. You love what body part you are. You need to love what Christ made everybody else to be. 
with the Holy Spirit endowed on everybody else and how God equipped them to work. You shouldn't be trying to make everybody else a middle finger when you should be a middle finger, right? You know, so guys, this is the this is the text, man. So in verse 26, and whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all members rejoice with it. So this is powerful right here, that last part, because this is literally my whole video, what I'm trying to convey. When one member of the body of Christ is suffering and feels like they're less than, they're weakening everybody else, they're nobody, they're not valuable or anything like that. One of the reasons why you should go to church is so that people can lift you up when you're down. Or people, so, and perfectly, they don't tear you down. If they tear you down, you're at the wrong church. But when you're at the right church, those people will love you when you need to be loved the most. Those people won't beat you down when you're already down and beat you down some more just to continually beat you down. When you're really a part of the body of Christ, when you really, really need to feel God's love most, people can see other believers, other people in the faith can see it. You don't have to say it. Why? Because they have the gift. They have the gift of discerning spirits. So they'll love you when you need love most. I went through that before. I'm going to give an example. I was, uh, long story short, I was at FCA camp. It was my first FCA camp ever at Fort Bluff. It was like my sophomore year of college or my junior year. It probably was my junior year, knowing me. And when I was there, long story short, yeah, it was my freshman year. It was my freshman year of college. And I was debating if I should run track or not because God told me to do it. But when God tells you to do something, you got to do it. You can't say no to God's will because what, what, which is the worst place to be? To be outside of God's will or to be in God's will? Like, you can't compare. That's apple to oranges. And he already showed me which way was the best way. So I had no choice but to do what he wanted me to do. But I didn't want to do it. But I had to do it. And I couldn't do it in my own strength. I could only do it in his strength, which I knew, which I had to do. So, guys, um, in saying all that, when I was at FCA camp, uh, I, I was just praying fervently. Like we had worship service, like because we did like breakout sections. So I would have time with my huddle. So I would have like a group of seven middle school kids, and I was telling about them about the gospel and everything. Then of course they'll have periods where we had activities. So we'll play like uh, a basketball against another hur uh, huddle, and we'll all compete to win a championship. So the more you win, the the more uh, your huddle goes further along in the tournaments to where you get like a prize at the end, something like that, right? So we were doing all that stuff, right? And then it was like three worship services a day or two. And so at one of the worship services, man, like after doing all the chants, you know, like uh, slam a jamma, oh, oh, slam a jamma, like all those chants, like, oh, I can't remember any of them really. But I <laughs> uh, doing all that, we had like an altar call, but it wasn't really an altar call. It was like, if you have prayer for the sermon or whatever, whatever text it was, just come and pray. So I prayed. And I was praying about God giving me strength to run track because I didn't have none. So I was just praying fervently the whole entire summer. Like, God, you told me to run. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it. I trust you. And I'm, and I was just so, every time I prayed, it was like I was in Gethsemane. Like Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating blood. Because I didn't want to do it. It was just, I can't run track. Like, I, I run it. But I don't love it. You know what I'm saying? It's like being a slave for me. I hate running. And God was telling me to do something I hate. Right? So kind of like Jonah. <laughs> well, he didn't want to go to Nineveh, but he went. And then it was a whole revival. So same thing. Like, <laughs> literally, I was at the altar, and I was just crying, like, bawling. I was like, man, God, I don't want to do it, but I will, because I love you. And somebody came and put his hand on my shoulder. 
I still remember. And he literally prayed and interceded for me. And he just told me exactly. He wasn't talking to me. He was talking to God, but he edified me in doing it. And he gave me the motivation I needed. But he was, he, I never talked to the guy. I don't, I don't, I haven't even, I never saw him before. He just came up to me and prayed for me, put his hand on my shoulder and started praying. And literally he prayed for everything I needed, like the whole school year. He didn't know I was in college, but he guessed, I guess. I don't know. God told him, but he literally said, God gave him the strength to run track. I literally think he said track, but he didn't really say it. He said it without saying it. He said, you know, this kid, he's going through a lot. He knows that you want him to do something and he doesn't want to do it, but he's going to do it because he loves you. We ask that you give him the strength, the power, just everything he needs to not just be obedient to your will, but to receive all the grace he can get from you, to receive all the love that he can get from you, receive all the power, all the strength so that he can give you the most glory as possible so he can reach as many people as possible for you. Like the way he prayed, it was crazy, guys. Like he, I never talked to him, never saw him before. He just put his hand on my shoulder and prayed in my ear. And like, as soon as he was done, guys, as soon as he was done, like I was already bawling out crying. But when he did all that, I was gone. Like, <laughs> so as soon as he stopped praying, I turned around so fast to see who prayed for me. Like, cause he had, he knew nothing about me. He literally had to get the discerning spirits that we're talking about in First Corinthians 12. One of the things, one of the gifts. And I turned around, he had this NASCAR jacket on. He was, well, I've never seen him again today. So just to let you know, ever since that prayer, I never, and ever since I came, I never saw him again. I, I wish I did, but I'll see him in heaven and I'll thank him. But yeah, man, guys, like I can't explain it better than that. Like literally, I turned around, look, I saw a NASCAR jacket. So after the worship service, of course, I went to him. I thanked him, appreciated him and everything like that. But guys, like, that's why you go to church. That's why you go to church. This is the series I'm doing on my YouTube channel. I'm just talking about 1 Corinthians 12, but it's a series on, right now, it's a series on why I go to church. And why you go to church is because the first shall be last and the last shall be first. This is, all, this is one of the many reasons, guys, because what you lack, other church members have for you. Other people in the body have for you. You don't have to try to do it all. You don't have to, you can't do it all, actually. Only Jesus could. You don't have every gift that that there is, right? God didn't equip you to do everything. You know, and you can't do everything. You can only do some things, right? Nobody can do everything. Nobody's good at everything. Only Jesus is. Only God is, right? So that's why we need each other. We're a body of Christ and we need to start acting like it, acting like it. So why go to church? This is one of the many reasons why you go to church, man. And you go to church because the, the church is lacking what you have to offer, guys. So if you feel like you're insignificant, you don't matter, you have no purpose, man. The church lacks what you have, and you can give it to the church, guys. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. So you may feel like this world, you have no function, you have no junction, you have, you mean you have no, you know, you have no meaning, but you have it in the church. And if you feel like you don't have it at that church, you're at the wrong church. Go somewhere else or try to serve there. Talk more. Be more active. Do something. You know what I'm saying, guys? So, man, it's, this is so powerful. So. Yeah, if you hold back your gifts, guys, guys, you're not going to see God. Man. That's all I'm saying. man. If you hold back. Who you are. You're not going to see God at church. So this is all I'm trying to say, guys. This is all coming together, man. So, yeah, we make church work, man. 
So you are not indispensable and the church will suffer without you. you. You guys hear that? The church will suffer without you. And that's why all the churches are suffering right now. Because some people don't know how crucial they are. Some people don't know how essential, how vital, how needed, how required, how important, and how imperative, and just how called they are. God has called you, man. God loves you. You ain't just placed here for no reason at all. You're placed here one of the many plethora of reasons, one of the many plethora of reasons, guys. So many array of reasons you're here is to serve the body of Christ to serve one another. Because guys, if you want to be chief, if you want to lead, you got to be a servant. Jesus said that. And you know, Matthew 20, just to give you context, I did that earlier. In Matthew 20, to give you context, the disciples were debating debating about who's the greatest out of, out of the 12. Like, who's the greatest? Who who got, who's the baddest? And who's going to sit, you know, closest to Jesus in heaven? And Jesus changed the whole script. Because they were debating. I think they were debating. I need to do a study on it just to clarify, but we'll see. But they were debating on who's the greatest because they were arguing. That was their argument towards like who should wash the other person's foot, who should wash which disciples' feet. And they were all saying, man, that's nasty. I ain't doing that. Like I'm above that. And some people think they're above the church. You know, why go to church? Because you're not above serving other people in this world. You know, how are you going to reach people for Christ if you don't serve? Jesus served. Jesus came down from heaven just to minister, just to serve sinners. Like He came down from his throne, guys. Came down from heaven. I can only imagine how great heaven is, you know, once I die. I just was talking to my girlfriend about it. I literally said, like, if I die, I don't know. You know, some people say, I'm going to come back as an angel and protect you, baby. Like, I'm going to be there for you. Like, no, I... I really think like, you know, that's our mentality now on this earth. But when we're in heaven, that's not going to be our mentality. It's going to be a totally different priorities, totally different perspective on life. So why go back to that awful earth? Like, oh, like with sinners, like I'll wait till Jesus fix all that. Like I've been there before. I've done that. I got the T-shirt. I'm in glory now. You know what I'm saying? I want to stay up here. Like, <laughs> that's beneath me. <laughs> Uh, it ain't beneath me, but you guys get what I'm saying, guys. Like, why I go through all that again? But like, Jesus came down from heaven, from per- perfection, paradise, to serve humanity, to die for humanity. Sinners who still, still don't have it together, still don't give a dang about God or anything like that. So, man, what do you think you should do for the church? Are you kidding me? Why go to church to serve? Like, do the same thing. Quit acting like you're better than other people. Like, if Jesus didn't do that, why do you think you should do it? Like. Are you kidding me? The first shall be last and the last shall be first. Like, what does that sound like to you? You feel like you're first? You should be last. You know, like you should you should put yourself in positions where you're serving people who you think you're better than because you ain't chief. You ain't you ain't better than everybody else. You're equal to everybody else. Like literally, this is the church. This is how the church should function. But does it function like that? Does every church function like that? You know, so. Yeah, guys, this was my video, man. Like, this is like perfect scenario of a perfect church. Like, I don't know if this exists. <laughs> I'm I'm working for it. Like, I'm, as trying to be a preacher and everything. I'm trying to be one. I'm not one right now. But yeah, I pray I can help make a church like that. Heaven here on earth, you know. And yeah, and everything like that. So you guys help me out. You know, help me out. I'll be leaving my um. 
Venmo, PayPal for all my ministries and my descriptions. You're gonna get leave a donation. But if you DM me, pray for me, please. If you watch this video all the way through and you heard everything I said, please pray for me. I need prayer. Like I literally just told you everything, guys. Everything, literally. Like I need help. I can't do this Christian walk alone. You got any ideas for that little past crossroads? Any videos you think I should do based on everything I said or past videos you saw me do or anything like that that you think would help the channel? Please help me. Help me, please. You think we should go live together and help one another? You let me know. Just work with me. Help me. Like right now, I feel like I've been doing this all alone and I'm tired of doing it alone. We need to be working as a body. That's why you should go to church because you're not meant to do it alone. You're meant to do this Christian walk. It's a walk, not a sprint. You're supposed to do the Christian walk by faith with one another, with other believers. God made a community for a reason. So I already did videos like that, uh, you know, connecting with other believers. I'm going to share my screen so you guys know. On my YouTube channel, go to Upload Past Crossroads and just go to YouTube, you know, good old YouTube. On my YouTube channel right here, Upload Past Crossroads. And look. I got a series called Why Go to Church. This is how you look at series and stuff like that, like on people's YouTube channel. You just search for it, you know, Why Go to Church. But you can see it's the last videos I did. But yeah, this is my series on Why I Go to Church. Like I literally just started. So watch all those videos you see on there, or you can go to playlists and uh, search for it, you know, with your computer like this. And it's right there. So all these videos are going to be here. So I got three videos right now. I got way more videos coming out, guys. So, yeah, you guys are truly a blessing. So everybody that supports my Instagram page, it's Trouble Don't Last. And um, my daily, my underscore daily underscore Bible. Everybody who supports Trouble Don't Last, number one, my Tumblr page that I feel like nobody gets on. But surprisingly, people actually be liking my stuff on there. You know, Trouble Don't Last, I already said my Snapchat, Twitter. TikTok, I need to add TikTok right there so people know. Yeah, my Facebook and LinkedIn, Sean Christopher Jenkins, and then my podcast, uh, Upload Past Crossroads. Thanks for all your support, guys. Like, I really, truly appreciate you guys. Like, I really don't deserve it. And I've been going way more than what I thought I could ever get, honestly, with all my insecurities and people the naysayers and haters telling me you ain't gonna mount to nothing and stuff like that but yeah guys so share this video i think it's gonna bless other people um yeah let's grow, grow grow in christ together and help each other through our insecurities our doubts our negativities and all that stuff that's what we're called to do as a body and that's another reason why you go to church so subscribe follow you guys got it thank you so much and uh i'll talk to you guys later peace out